sing amen.
it is in heaven. You said to pray that way, Lord, and I pray as we worship you, Father, that you would just pour out upon us, Father, your spirit. You say you would inhabit our praise. And we just ask that you would come, Father, like a flood, like a fire, Lord, that you would just come and anoint our hearts. You are so, so good. Amen. When darkness tries to roll over my bones. When sorrow comes to steal the joy I own. When brokenness and pain is all I know. Oh, I won't be shaken. Oh, I won't be shaken. And my fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. My stand a chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Shame no longer has a place to
And I just want to speak the name of Jesus Over every heart and every mind Cause I know there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus just want to speak the name of Jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus cause your Break it. 
Check, check. Morning. We're going to go ahead and take up the tithe and offering this morning. Uh, man, that last song gets me. I just feel like that's a song we could like go into battle with, right? Like I see it, like the army of God going against the, the army of the enemy, and we're just stomping and clapping, singing, I will call on the name of the Lord. He's my refuge and my strength, and then we don't even fight, right? He just speaks the word, and they all get cast into the lake of fire. Gets me pumped up. So um, with that being said, I'm just going to take up the offering real quick, and then we'll have some announcements here, and then Brother Rick's going to bring the word. Um, so I'm going to have Saul, you come up and pray over this offering and bless it unto the Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless this offering and please just help us feel your presence in here and help us just have a great day and please uh, bless Mr. Rick's preaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You can bring it on up. Got a few announcements this morning. Um, tomorrow, Labor Day. So we have, no, yeah, day off work, yay. Uh, so yeah, we are going to have no church-wide prayer tomorrow due to that. Give everybody a chance to, to celebrate with their friends and family. Um, don't forget, September 9th, we've got bowling at Southwest Bowl, 7 to 9 p.m., so... Everything's free except food, so come ready to bowl. If you want food, bring some cash. Um, and then October 8th is the Women's Bonfire, 6 p.m., and correct me if I'm wrong, is that at, that's Pastor Kyle and Margaret's house, okay. Meet here. What time? Five o'clock, meet at the church if you want a carpool out that way. It's a, it's a little bit of a drive, so... Uh, other than that, uh, as you can see, Pastor Kylan couldn't make it today. He was pulled away, so he does have a, a video here, and i um, going to explain a few things, and then Brother Rick, after that video's over, you can just come on up, so, okay? Everybody, I'm glad you were here at church today, but obviously Margaret and I are not here at church with you, but we are actually at the Boston Church, and I was asked uh, to fill in there this morning, so that's where we are at, it was sort of a last minute thing, so we're over there, and I'm giving the word at the Boston campus today, but I just want to let you know where I was, because we hate it when we're not with you, but I was just asked to fill in today, so that's where we are, but... Pastor Rick is with you this morning. I know you guys love Pastor Rick, and he's agreed once again to come and give you the word. So when I was asked to come to Botkin, we sort of did a campus pastor shuffling around, and Pastor Rick is with you today. But we want to let you know we love you, we believe in you, and we believe good things are going to be happening this morning, not only in worship that just happened, but in the words about ready to happen. So Pastor Rick's going to be coming up in just a moment, give him your full attention. But I'll be back Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to start a new series on hearing the voice of God and then what I was going to do today. But will be next Sunday. We're going to finish up our series on sharing your faith. But anyways, love you guys. We'll see you back Wednesday night. Everybody, I'm glad you were here at church.
mine? You hear me okay? Okay, good. I got a lot of empty space up here, so I couldn't tell. <laughs> and listen, I, I just want to say this. I just want to encourage you today. Understand, listen, if you're here, it's okay. How do you want me to say this? Just come right out and say it. Just say it the way I, okay, okay. All right. We're a family, right? Yep. Now, is everything perfect in a family? No. no. But we still remain family, right? So I, I just want to let you know, and, and listen, nobody said anything to me other than the Holy Spirit. I just want to encourage you that you're here because God wants you here. Can we say amen to that? So since he wants you here, you're here for a purpose. So you know what? Maybe everything, well, probably close, you know, uh, probably not like my church. There's a lot of things in my church that need to be corrected and fixed. But maybe everything here isn't exactly the way you want it. Well, doesn't mean that things are going wrong. You, you know what I mean? That I, has anybody ever wanted something? You didn't get it. And then you find out later you didn't need to have that anyway. <laughs> so, so, so understand this. You're here. God designed for you to be here. So you know what? Just get involved. And I know a lot of you are, but go deeper. Because there are people out there that need what's in here. Can we say amen to that? And the only way they're going to get in here is if you go get them. So I just want to challenge you today, listen, bring people into a safe place. Can we say amen to that? Amen. There's a lot of places out there, unfortunately, they're not safe. They're not. But here, the Spirit of the Lord is here and he reigns. Can we say amen? amen. So you know what? There's a lot of people out there that need what's in here, and it's your task to bring them in. So I just want to let you know you're here for a purpose. You say, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what my purpose is yet. That's okay. <laughs> God will reveal it. God will reveal it. You just stay the course. You just stay the path. And I'm telling you, many people will be saved. Can we say amen to that? Amen. amen. All right. So that's what the Holy Ghost wanted me to say. So, But with that, uh, it kind of leads, I didn't even think about that. It kind of leads into what I want to talk about today. So today, uh, you know, it's interesting to me that there's a lot of distractions out there. You know, I mean, if you turn on the TV, you're guaranteed to get a distraction. <laughs> Can we say amen to that? There's something going on with politics. There's something going on with our country, another country, and the inflation, oh my goodness, uh, man, I had to redo a garage on a rental property, and that guy told me one price, and boy, when we got into it, that price doubled, you know, I mean, you know, have you bought wood lately, I mean, my goodness, you know, inflate, uh, groceries, I do the grocery shopping in my house, you know, and I remember in Meyer, I could get a, now this is how much I grocery shop, I could get 3.86 pounds of ground beef, you know, when it would first come out, when Meyer would first set it out, 
They set it out for about $9.86, but if you wait a week, you know, it'll drop down to about seven bucks, you know, you know, so how I many people know I always waited a week, you know what I mean? So, but today, that same amount of ground beef, 19 to $21. Couldn't believe that. I said, man, so we used to, I used to make big hamburgers. They're like little hamburgers now, you know. <laughs> but there's just a lot out there to distract us. And so sometimes we go, you know, what's my purpose? You know, anybody ever wondered that? What's your purpose? What, what, what are you here for? Well, let, let's, let's turn to the Bible. If you have your Bibles, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 1 Corinthians 10, hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 10, ah, you know what? Let's just look at verse 31. So what I want to talk about is, is what to stay focused on, you know, what, what, to, what to keep your eyes on, uh, where to keep your heart, what, what, what things we should be talking about. So in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, says this, so then... Whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, hallelujah. I was reading the Amplified. Let me read the King James. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever, that's the word I was looking for. Somebody say whatsoever. Ye do, do all do all, do all to the glory of God. Come on, can we say amen to that? So if you are one that's saying, what am I to do? What should I be doing with my life? Where should my focus be? Well, I'm going to tell you, what, to tell you like this. The short answer is summed up right here. Do all to the glory of God. Can we say amen to that? Now, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of things that will distract you from that. There's a lot of things that will keep you. And listen, you'll be coming to church every Sunday, Bible study on Wednesday. But you might get distracted and not be doing everything to the glory of God. So what we have to do is take a good look at ourselves and examine our lives. When people see me, am I doing all to the glory of God? When, when, I, when hardships come my way, when people mistreat me, you know, is my response to the glory of God or is my response based on how I feel and what I think in that moment? Oh, come on now. We got to think about this. Everything that you do, including your responses to difficult situations, to disappointing things, your responses to what other people do. You ever had somebody just bring problems in your life? <laughs> you know, even those folks. I got family members like, you know, they don't even know where we live. Because <laughs> they just bring problems, you know. And I'm trying to stay at a place where I can love them, you know. So, hey, cousin, uh, now you live in Ohio, right? Uh... Yeah. What part of Ohio? Oh, that one part? <laughs> well, what part is that? Oh, you know, I'll talk to you about that later. Hey, you know, I'll change the subject. I don't want you knowing where I live because you're going to bring problems. 
We had one cousin come visit us. I don't know why I'm sharing this. We had one cousin come visit us, and, and she stayed at, uh, at, at my mom's. They stayed for a couple days, and, you know, we were happy to see them come, and we were really happy to see them go, you know. So as, as, as they're bagging out the driveway, we're like, bye, bye. Have a safe trip home. Bye, you know. And, and, and she waves, and the sun hits. It reflected off of her hand. I almost had to, and I said, what is, I said, hey, 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 stop the car, stop the car. She had taken all of my mom's rings. I mean, every single one of them had two. She had two rings on one finger. I mean, and one of those rings I helped pay for. You know, I was like, hey, you, I don't care about the other one. Give me that one back. You know, I'm talking about staying focused. Now, that was a distraction. I wanted to lay hands on her and not the kind of hands we talk about. I wanted to lay some other hands on her. But the Bible says that I should do all to the glory of God. So you know what I had to do? I had to forgive her. Oh, my goodness. Come up here and preach. <laughs> you know, I had to forgive her. Why? Because I do not, my life does not belong to me. See, here's what I did. I gave my life to Jesus Christ. And so in that moment, here's what I had to come to understand. I don't live based off of me anymore. I live based off of him. Can we say amen to that? Who's got a nice truck? Somebody, who, who's got a nice truck? You know, yeah, you, you, yeah, okay, he didn't want to raise his hand, you know. So, so, so brother, you know, you just had a birthday not too long ago, didn't you? Happy birthday. So let's say, now I'm not trying to hint to anything, but I'm just going to use you as an example. Let's say you gave your truck to me. <laughs> you come up and hey, Pastor Rick, I'm signing over the title, man. Here you go. Thank you, brother. God bless you. You know, and you see me a week later. Now, I'm from Chicago, man, you know, so you see me a week later. I got a different set of rims on there, <laughs> you know, tenant windows, you know, you open up, you know, the door, I might have changed the interior, you know, the whole nine. And you go, what did you do? This doesn't look right. Man, take those rims off and change this. And I'm going to look at you and say, you know what, man, I love you in the name of Jesus, but this is not your truck anymore. Well, if I could say that to you, how much more can God say that to me about my life? See, his, my life belongs to him now. So I don't do things based on how I think or how I feel. You know, and it's amazing. I can come to church every Sunday. I can be at Bible study and not really have turned my life over to him, especially in those difficult moments. That girl stole my mama's rings. <laughs> Man, I wanted to, you know, praise the Lord. <laughs> I really did, you know. But my life doesn't belong to me. So in that moment, I had to invite God in. Did you know that you can invite God in to your situation right there in the middle, right there in the heat of the moment. 
You know, my wife and I, she wouldn't mind me sharing this. She's sitting right here. I'll probably get hit in the back of the head on the way home, but no, I'm teasing. But uh, I, I hope. <laughs> no, we we would early in our marriage we would fight a lot. Oh, you guys fight. Yeah, we used to, you know. And you would win. Well, I, I mean, we could debate that. I think I got a few in. You know what I mean? You know. So, but. What we started doing, it sounds crazy, but I mean, we might be right in the middle of an argument. And I said, well, you know what? And she go, what? I said, Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I just call you into this situation. God, I just speak peace right now. God, I thank you that my wife and I, we just love each other so much, we can't keep our hands off each other. Lord, we just love each other, and there's peace. In it. We would do that right in the middle of the situation. Why? Because our lives don't belong to one another. They belong to him. And we want to do all to the glory of God. It says whatsoever. Listen, whatsoever is everything. There's not anything in my life that shouldn't be bringing glory to God. So when I read this, it says this, but and then the next verse, the next verse it says, here we go, give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. Do you know what that means? That means that I should not live a lifestyle, have a motive that intentionally offends somebody else. Now listen, he says to the Jews, to the Gentiles, to the church of God. So that means that I should not do this to people that believe like me and people that don't believe like me. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Stepping on some toes. <laughs> It's, but but I, should, I should live to honor God. And so, listen, there's people that we disagree with. If we talk long enough, we can figure out some things that we might not see eye to eye on. But the Bible says that I should not conduct myself in a way that just... Now, some people are just going to get offended, okay? That's the reality of it. But I should not live a life where I'm just, you know, because you believe differently than me, you know, because you have different, you know, whatever, standards in your life. Listen, I should be living a life that I bring glory to God, so therefore I'm showing the love of Christ. Now, you may, you and I may have almost nothing in common. But I should be looking for some type of common ground, some type of bridge that I could talk to you, that I could witness to you, that maybe you would hear from me. You know, if you really want people to hear from you, buy them something to eat, you know. I mean, you know, people will listen to you if you are feeding their faith. Can we say amen to that? 
And if you don't believe that, if you want to try it out, just take me and my family out to dinner anytime you want to. We will give you our undivided attention. I'm telling you, man. I mean, people will do that. I mean, you know, if you really want to talk, okay. Now, you guys are sitting next to each other, so I'm assuming that, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> you ever take her out to eat? Maybe when you first met her, you know, you, did you, okay, did it work? I'm assuming, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know, people, I'm telling you. So I should be living a life where that's my motive, not to show you how wrong you are. Who wants to hear that? My wife used to tell me, she said this one time, and, and I, I, it caught me off guard. She said, when I'm around you, now this was years ago, I've gotten better, right? Amen, okay. Uh, she used to, you praise God, amen, you know, calm down now, you know. <laughs> About to shout. <laughs> but, but she used to tell me, you know, when I get around you, I feel like I'm, I'm walking on eggshells. What are you talking about, woman? I, I, I work as hard as I can. I, I try to give you everything you ask for. Uh, you know, I'm not out here, you know, doing all kind of crazy stuff. But in my attempt to be righteous, I wasn't being righteous. I was right, but I wasn't righteous. So there were things I would say to her and things I would say, no, you need to do it this way. And, you know, you need, and she's like, oh, okay, would you just calm down? I'm like, well, I'm just trying to help you. Well, you're not helping me. Well, I mean, you keep doing it wrong. So what I'm saying is if you would do it this way, look, do you want to do it? No, I want you to do it. Well, let me do it. We would have that kind of interaction. And she told me, she said, you know what? I, I feel like I'm on eggshells when I get around you. And so here's what I thought. You know what? Nobody wants to be around somebody that's always pointing out what they're doing wrong. No one wants to be around someone that's like, well, you know what? You're going to go to hell for that. You know, no one wants to, I mean, I mean, just constantly, all the time, you know, that's not right, you know. And so when we do all to bring glory to God, it doesn't involve that. God's not sitting up there going, let me tell you everything you did wrong today. <laughs> so, he, right, here's our weekly meeting. Let's go over yesterday. Now, yesterday, you just totally messed up, you know. Yeah. He doesn't do that. But you know who does do that? You know who Christians do that. But here, the Bible is saying all that you do do to give glory to God, give none offense to the people that believe like you and to the people that don't. Why? Verse 33 says this, even as I please all men in all things, oh my goodness, even as I please all men in all things, all men in all things, as much as possible, adapting myself to the interests of others. This is what seeking some type of common ground, seeking some type of way that I can speak to you and show you the love of Christ and, 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 and be patient in your process. You know, it's amazing. We, we do a lot of marriage counseling. 
Lord, we do a lot of marriage counseling. Ooh, I just need to take a minute when I say that, you know. Uh, we do a lot of marriage counseling, but we're on break right now. We told them guys, listen, we're not meeting with anybody for the next couple of weeks. Well, Pastor, what if something happens? Use your faith, okay? You know, use your faith. Pray about it. Call on the Lord, you know. But, but, but we, 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 we do a, 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 a lot of marriage counseling, and, and one of the things uh, that we want people to understand is we want to be pleasing as much as possible. Now, I'm not saying compromise your relationship with Jesus Christ. Can we say amen to that? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying enter into sin, okay? That is not what I'm saying. But when it says, even as I please all men and all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many that they may be saved. Wow. So the Bible is teaching us, when I interact with people, whether they're saved, unsaved, whether they're family, strangers, uh, friends, it, 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 it doesn't matter. I should not be seeking my own benefit, but theirs. Why? So I can give the message of salvation, and maybe they just might get saved. See, that's what I'm called to do. See, we are, somebody say, I am an ambassador of Christ. So with that in mind, when, when I'm here on this earth and I'm going around and I'm doing what I do, I need to keep in mind, I represent Jesus Christ. So when people see me, do they, do they see Jesus? Or do they see somebody that's caught up in what he thinks and how he feels? When people, I ask myself this question, when people see me, do they want to go to church or do they want to stay away from church? That's the question I ask. You know, when somebody interacts with me, are they going, you know what? Maybe I need to get involved in church. Or do they go, see, that's why I don't go to church. The Bible says to do all. To do all to the glory of God. So here's the thing I got to ask myself. What am I doing? What am I doing? What's my motivation? Is it just based upon me getting what I want, when I want it, and how I want it? And when that doesn't happen, I get an attitude and I justify my attitude. See, we're learning to be patient in the process. I lost my train of thought for a minute uh, when I brought up the marriage. Uh, <laughs> just took my mind away for a second. But the reason, <clears throat> the reason I was saying that is we a lot of times, like my wife and I may be sharing a principle with a couple, and we've gotten it. And we're looking at that couple like, okay, this is, you want to get this. And sometimes because we have it now, we want them to have it now. But then God has to remind us, you know how many years it took you to get that? <laughs> you know how many years, how many times at bat it took you for you to really activate that in your life? And, you know, we kind of go, yeah, it did take a little while. So you want them to get it in one session, you know. 
and it took you three years to get it, you know, you might be, you might want to be a little patient with them. And so what we've had to learn is to be patient with other people's process. Because guess what? Our Lord and Savior has been patient with us in our process. And so I have to remember that sometimes when I'm dealing with somebody. I may be talking to someone, and I'm, I'm looking at them like, you ought to know better. You know, come on. You know, you're 40 years old. I mean, come on. In 40 years, you don't know that? And God is saying, yeah, but you're almost 50, and there's still some things you don't know. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> so, 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 as we're doing all, as we're doing all, somebody say do all. As we're doing that, we got to keep in mind, you know what? Christ was patient with you. There were people that walked with you along the way, and they didn't beat you down. They were patient with you. They were loving with you. And sometimes we tend to look at that as weakness. Let me tell you something. There's nothing weak about love. Can we say amen to that? God is love. And for you to say God is weak, I'd have to disagree with you on that. I mean, I'd have to firmly disagree with you on that. So since God is love, then how can love or any aspect of love be weak? Well, they're getting away with it. Nobody's getting away with anything. God is sitting on the throne, and he knows. He knows who's doing what. He knows the motive behind what they do. But that's not my job anyway. You ever meet somebody? You ever meet somebody that's always trying to do what's not in their job description? <laughs> you know how frustrating that is? I mean, I've worked with people, and I've had to say, uh, do I work for you now? <laughs> you know, did I miss the email? You know, uh, you're in charge now. I mean, there are some people, they just do that. Well, you know what? As Christians, if we're not careful, that's what we'll do. We'll step into a, a realm, a, an area of life where, you know, now we'll never say this, but it's almost like, you know, like we're God, you know. We're Jesus. I mean, because we have this, you know, I'm here and, and you're here. And, you know, and, and no, no. We are representatives. We are ambassadors of Christ, but we are not Christ. Can we say amen to that? And even he came with a very humble, gentle spirit. Now, when he saw sin, he had a problem with sin. And we should have a problem with sin, too. But he was always gracious and loving and patient with the sinner. And so should we. Can we say amen to that? So I'm talking about all that we do, we do to the glory of God. Hallelujah. Let me show you something. Romans 8 and 5. Hallelujah. Romans, I think that's what I want, 8. Five. Let's see. Yeah. Maybe I should do eight, four. 
Maybe I should do 8-3. Let's just start at verse 1. Uh, Romans 8, chapter 1. <laughs> uh, Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now, somebody say now. Now this is going to bless somebody in here. This is why the Holy Spirit is having me do this. This is, this is for someone in here. When is now? Now is right now. Okay, wait a minute. When is now? Oh, right now. Okay, wait a minute. When is now? Right now. Oh, okay. So the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation. Not even a little bit. Not some. Not the condemnation that you can justify. No condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So let me tell you something. For you, the Bible is saying there is never a time, there is never a time when it's okay for you to condemn yourself. There is never a time when it's okay for you to beat yourself up. There's never a time when it's okay for, to allow someone else just to beat you up. If you are saved, if you are blood-bought, if your life belongs to Jesus Christ, doesn't say if you get everything right all the time. Doesn't say if you're perfect in all that you do. Doesn't say if you have perfect attendance in the church. You know, it says, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as their personal Lord and Savior, condemnation should never be a part of your life. You should never sit up there and beat yourself up. You can evaluate yourself. The Bible says to search yourself, do your own inventory. You can look at yourself and say, you know what? There's some things I need to do better. But you should not be beating yourself up. Because God is saying this, if anybody could beat you up, <clears throat> he said, it, it would be me. But I don't even do that. So why would you do it? And then think about it. If you beat yourself up, it's easy to beat other people up. So he's saying here, that should not be. Can we say amen to that? It says, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus have made me free from the law of sin and death. My goodness. How many people know you don't have to sin every day? Yeah, yeah. There's people that believe that. There's people in church that believe, oh, you're going to sin every day. Show me that in the Bible. I've been, I see where I'm free from it, you know. My goodness, you know. It says, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. For the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. The righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. How? By living by faith. The righteousness of God does not come from you trying to do everything right. 
Now, does that mean that we live, live sinful lives? Of course not. But if your goal is, okay, let me see how many rights I did today versus how many wrongs I did. Uh, I did a lot wrong today, so you know what? I'm not the righteous. No, that's not true. What makes us righteous is the fact that we believe in Jesus Christ. And so here's what happens. <clears throat> he gives us his righteousness and takes our sin, takes our sinful nature. So it's not about how many rights and wrongs. Now, understand, I'm not giving. Don't, come, don't tell Pastor Colin. Pastor Rick said, it doesn't matter. You can just sit all you want to. That is not, somebody said, that's not what he said. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But if you use that as a tool to measure your righteousness, you're wrong. My righteousness comes through faith in Jesus Christ. See, God understood you can't do it, so I'm going to do it for you. And so all you have to do is receive Jesus, believe in him, use faith in what he is and what he has done. And the Bible says, there's your righteousness. So you know what? I don't beat myself up. I don't go around beating other people up because I understand today I need Jesus anyway. I can't do it without him. You know how many times I pray, Lord, if you don't show up, I will fail. That is a regular occurring prayer out of my mouth. I go to speak, Lord, if you don't show up, I'm going I'm to fail. I'm going to blow it. I'm going to mess it up. I have no confidence in me, but I have confidence in him. It says here, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Guess what? If I don't have peace in my life right now, I'm living carnally minded. Even though that may not be my intent, I may truly intend on living the life God is wanting me to live. But if peace is not there, okay, something's wrong. And it's not the Word of God. So it's got to be something in me. So guess what? I need to stop, reevaluate, cry out to the Lord God, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? Show me. And he'll reveal it. But here it says, for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Do you know you are three parts? Your spirit, your soul, and I know sometimes we combine those, and, 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 and you're this, this, this outward shell. So when you get saved, when you give your life to Christ, your spirit is what gets redeemed. Now your soul, how you think, how you feel, your emotions, your desires in life, your appetite for life, that doesn't get saved. <laughs> that doesn't get saved. Oh, well, Pastor Rick, I don't know about that. I'm glad you said that, because Romans 12 one and two. That first verse says, brethren, 
I beseech you now, brethren. Who's the brethren? Church people. People that believe in Jesus. He says, now I beseech you, brethren, that you present your bodies, you know, a living, holy sacrifice, which is your reasonable, you know, I kind of butchered that, but you guys know it, your reasonable service. So he's talking to the church. But that second verse says this, and don't be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, that first verse says, I beseech you now, brethren. So he's talking to people who have already accepted the Lord as their Savior. And he tells them, your mind needs to be renewed. So here's what the Bible is telling us. You get saved, your spirit is redeemed. But your soul, you ever see saved people act crazy? <laughs> You ever see some people in the church going, man, if I hadn't watched you get up and profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I don't think I would think you saved, you know. You ever see people like that? Not in this church, but, you know, in other churches, you know. Yeah. Why? Their mind has to be renewed. So, so we have to live a life. I think, Kelly, you was talking about this. You know, you, I almost called you Melissa, but... That's a little, I don't know, for some reason, I always want to call her Melissa, you know, and I had to stop and think about it. Her name's not Melissa, you know, it's Kelly. But uh, we have to build up that spirit man so he will tell the soulish part of you what to do. Because your soul and that spirit, they're always fighting for first place. And the Bible tells us to go at this race to win. So the Bible is telling us train, build up. In other words, strengthen your spirit. Pray, fast, you know, do these things. Fill yourself with the word so when your soul goes, you know what? If he says one more thing, now I'm not saying this to you, okay, you know, but if, if he says one more thing to me, man, I'm going to slap all the saliva out of his mouth, you know. When your soul says things like that, your spirit can say, no. That is, let's ask the Lord first. Now, if the Holy Ghost gives us permission, boy, we're going to go at it, you know. But if the Holy Ghost says something different, that's what we're going to go with. And I'm telling you, if you do that, then guess what? Now I'm setting myself up to do all that I can for the glory of the Lord. But if I don't do that, listen, I'm, I'm going to be apologizing, repenting, and feeling bad and dealing with consequences more often than I should. So our purpose our purpose is to do everything to bring God glory. And, and in doing this, people may get saved. My goodness. What if you're stand, standing there talking to someone that's like the total opposite of you, but you get them to a point where they'll listen to you. You get them to a point where they'll see something in you that they haven't seen in others. 
you get them to the point where they start realizing, he, she, they are treating me differently than most people do. And then they get interested in your motivation. You show them, Jesus is why I do what I do. Jesus is why I say what I say. And all of a sudden, this Jesus now looks different to them. <clears throat> because other people, when they came in the name of Jesus, Jesus appeared to be aggressive, rude, disrespectful, overbearing, you know, judgmental, you know. But now they see Jesus through you because remember, you're his ambassador. You come on his behalf. You represent him. Now they see this Jesus that they go, wow. He seemed like he just genuinely cares about me. Wow. I didn't have to do anything. He just gave it to me. He just gave me love. He just gave me compassion. He gave me forgiveness. He gave me understanding. He just gave all this to me. I one time met with a guy. I'll, I'll wrap this up. I one time met with a guy. I was doing some real estate stuff, and I was doing this big real estate deal. It was big to me anyway. And uh, I was looking for some guys to, you know, go in to invest with me. And this guy that I know, and he knew I was a Christian. That's what was crazy. He says, I got a guy, man. He's a young guy. Got a lot of money, blah, 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 blah. This, 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 this. I'm like, okay, I'll meet with him. So we meet at a coffee shop. And the whole, I mean, as soon as I walked in, the Holy Ghost was just like, you know, I don't know, it's like Spider-Man. My spider sense was tingling, you know. I mean, just something was just going all off. And I'm going, what's going on here? I sit down, <clears throat> and I begin to talk to this guy. And immediately I knew he wasn't like a business type of guy. But I'm like, okay, you know, I mean, I, I meet a lot of guys who, you know, are wealthy from just different walks of life. You know, honest walks, but maybe they're just not business savvy. So, okay, no problem. So we're talking, and uh, he rolls up his sleeves, and he, you know, tattoos. I, I, okay, whatever. That doesn't mean anything to me. But then he, he, he says something pretty interesting. He goes, hold on, wait a minute. And he takes this, this little device, and he sets it on the table. And he goes, there's four lights on here. If these lights go all the way up to the top, I know we're being listened to. Okay, I've been in a lot of meetings with a lot of different people, but this is first. I'm like, okay. Well, long story short, this guy was a drug dealer. And this guy, from what I understand, I mean, this wasn't no, like, small-time guy. This, like, you know, boss of bosses type of guy, you know. I'm thinking, am I on TV? Am I in a movie? You know? And so we get to talking and uh, he starts saying, hey, you know, so how much is it going to take to fund this project? I said, oh, about $450,000. He goes, okay, I can give you that uh, later on today. In a cashier's check? No, it would be cash. I said, well, here's where I'm at, brother. I said, uh, 
you keep your money. I said, uh, I'm a man of God, and there's a level of integrity that uh, I, I operate in. I look for God to be my source, God to be my blessing, and I'm hearing him loud and clear. This is not the funding route he wants me to take. So this guy is amazed. He says, you're not going to take my money? I said, no. He says, are you married? And he saw my, I said, yeah. He says, does your wife like jewelry? And I said, yeah, I mean, what woman doesn't, you know? He said, well, there's a jewelry store down the road. We were near Kettering. Um, we were in Kettering. We were near Centerville, like the Dayton Mall area. And he said, there's a jewelry store here in Centerville that uh, I launder my money through. He said, go to that jewelry store, pick out whatever you want, doesn't matter how much it costs, set up whatever kind of payment plan you want, just use my name. He said, just make sure you make the payments when you say you're going to make them. And I said, that's kind of you, but I'm going to have to refuse that offer. So then he asked me about clothes and fashion, and I know you can't tell now, but I like nice clothes, you know. And, and he tried to offer me the latest, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. And then, how many people know the devil? He'll really keep pushing me. Then he mentioned cars. And, uh, <laughs> he said, do you like cars? <sighs> yes, I like cars. He said, I tell you what, there's a dealership in Huber Heights. Uh, I kind of own that. I, I run money through that. You go there, you pick whatever kind of car you want. Whatever, you know. Whatever car you want, you work out a deal with them, blah, 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 blah. I said, listen, I'm not here to receive anything from you. I said, apparently, I'm here to give to you. So he said, well, what could you give to me? I said, let me tell you a little bit about my life. So I told him some things about me and what got me saved. And I told him about Jesus Christ. So the guy says, well, it's can I give you something? I said, no, I'm not here to take. So he had a bottle of water that he hadn't opened up. He said, can I at least give you this bottle of water? I said, well, there is a scripture about giving the man of God, you know, water, you know. I said, so I, I, I'll take your water. But here's what I want to share with you. Now, a part of me wanted to go, how dare you? And I, I mean, I wanted to just, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. But then I said, well... How would Jesus respond to this man? And so I showed him love, showed him some kindness. Uh, there were moments that he asked me to pray for him. Now, this guy has done the worst. So when I say that, whatever you think of, yeah, he's done it. He's done some really bad things. But you know what? In that moment, I was able to tell him about Jesus. Now, a couple of years went by, and his mother died. And he called me, and he said, uh, would you do my mom's funeral? I said, absolutely I would. You know, and we sat, we met, my wife and I took him and his girlfriend out to dinner, and we gave them a chance to receive Jesus Christ. Now, he did not take it. But let me tell you this, he seriously thought about it. 
He said, well, man, just the life that I live. And I said, but Jesus is bigger than that. Now, here's the point I want to give. Like, it would be great to say, you know, oh, well, he got saved. Well, I believe that's coming. But here's what I can tell you. He's at a place where if I sit down and say, hey, I just want to talk to you, he'll show up. He came to one Bible study. He was scared to death. He was. He was scared to death. He said, man, and he said this to me. I couldn't believe he said it. He said, I really like you. That's why I'm here. But I don't know if you work for the feds or not, you know. And then I got to tell you, this is not like every day for me. So I'm trying to figure out, okay, God, what's you, what's not you? I mean, how do I do this, you know? But, but he came to the Bible study. He said, man, I don't know if I'm going to get arrested today or not, but I'm going to come to this Bible study. He came. Now, do I just hang around people like that? No. <laughs> but here came this opportunity. And yours probably will not be that extreme, amen. <laughs> but here's was an opportunity for me to do all. Somebody say all. To the glory of God. Now, I believe that man's going to get saved. I just believe that. I believe that, uh, I believe God's already working some things. Because he actually has a phenomenal job. So, like, I'm going, why do you even do this other stuff? You know, you have a great job. You already make great money, you know. But, you know, hey, plenty of people do things that we don't understand, you know. But I'm here to tell you, that there's an avenue in that man's life to receive Jesus Christ. But it only, became, it only came about because we do all, somebody say all, to the glory of God. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, right now, I just thank you, Lord, that we are not people that beat ourselves up. We are not people that beat other people up. That can be very damaging. That could actually set somebody on a course to not want to receive you. So, God, if we've acted that way, if we've done anything like that, we just ask for forgiveness right now. God, we ask that you just touch our heart today. Give us wisdom, Lord. Give us that love and compassion. God, just, just open our eyes and hearts so we recognize an opportunity when it presents itself, an opportunity to show love and compassion that maybe someone might be saved. Now, God, I thank you that even now you're changing our hearts, changing our minds, changing our points of views. We're not going to compromise who we are. No, we're never going to do that. But we will allow your love and compassion to flow through us. And I thank you, Father. This church has a mission, a mission to reach the lost. I thank you, Father, that this church will function in this community and surrounding communities to bring people here so they can have their own relationship with Jesus Christ. I just thank you for what the next year is going to bring as far as growth and 
people and the love. I thank you that this community is going to know this church here only believe in Urbana because that church loves and obeys Jesus Christ. And God, I just speak blessings over everyone here right now today. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand. Praise today. Hallelujah. <laughs> you want to take it back over? Or? Yeah. <laughs>